Welcome to the Exchange Podcast. I am your host, Floyd Boykin Jr. Welcome. Today we have an incredible artist and community activist and recording artist. I've been knowing this young lady for a little while now. A lot of us call her Mama Poetry, at least that's what I call her. Please welcome to the mic, to the stage, Miss Fofi. How you doing today? I am amazing. I'm doing great. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to allow us to interview you and so our our, uh, listeners can learn a little bit about you. Okay. Well, thank you for inviting me to the podcast. All right. No problem. So let's get started in this because, you know, uh, like I said, we we do about 20 minutes and everything. So we want people to learn about you and see how that's going to go. So first of all, um, you're a poet you're a spoken word artist how did you how did your poetry journey begin like how did poetry find you Ooh. Uh, I was in I was getting my bachelor's degree in nursing and when I graduated this before between my associate and my bachelor's degree I was flirting with the old schoolmate of mine and I said, well, look, you, you need to show me how to play golf. He said, why? Is that your um, passion? I said, describe passion. He said, something that takes you away where you forget the time of day and everything. Well, during that time I was in school, I found that I found that I um, What you got beating me back there, girl? Uh, I got <laughs> some relatives cooking in the oh, kitchen okay. <laughs> and the, I'm, I'm uh, visiting my son in Long Beach and I got a brand new four day old grandson okay awesome awesome congratulations congratulations uh, anyway so I told so when he told me about a passion I quit flirting and I said well I like to write I found that doing my studies we had to use a lot of our imagination on experience that we had had to write and think of it in a different kind of way. So he said, well, why don't you write a book? I said, it takes too long. He said, try poetry. I said, hmm, never thought of that. So about a week later, I wrote my first poem and I've been writing ever since. And this was in uh, 99. Okay. So so you've been kicking and rocking it for a little while there. Uh, Now, of course, you know, we all know you as both feet. And of course, those who know you can definitely look at you and can kind of know where where the name probably generated from. But I want to hear from you. How did you come up with your name for Fofi? And also, what if you can think of anything? What were the some of the names that you came up with before you decided to say, "Hey, Fofi, that's the name for me." Well, the original name Fofi, not four F O Fo Fo, came from. Um, I had just given birth to my youngest child, my daughter, and it was like eight weeks after she was born and I was out out dancing. And this guy, he said, hey, little bit, he said, you moving awful fast on that dance floor. He said, um, how tall are you? I said, 4'11". 
He said, uh-uh, they lied to you about them 11 inches. You ain't but four feet tall. And after that, people started calling me four feet. But when uh, I started writing, which was years later, um, I had to have a, a name, a pseudo. Instead, I said, well, why can't I use my Deborah Horn? He said, I was told that everybody had to have a pseudo. So I said, okay, let me see. Little bit, everybody could be a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, little, uh, another name was Stuff. I didn't want that one. And I you said, said Stuff, like S-T-U-F-F? uh-huh. All right. Weird. Anyway, so I said the only thing that was really mine was four feet. But then I had to do I put the letter four feet. Do I use F-O-U-R-F-E-E-T? So I just said, no, nah, I'm going to just call it like it is. F-O-F-E-E-T. Okay. And that's how I got four feet. All right. I'm... A new addition, which is really recent, I've got, I've taken on uh, Alkebulon as uh, four feet Alkebulon as my African name. But I got a middle name about three weeks ago, which is Ushairi, which is Swahili or Kenyan for um, poetry. So you're saying that you have now a middle name and a, and a last name? Yes. Say it all together just so it, so it comes clear. Go ahead. Bofi Ushairi Alkibulon. Man, that's yes. like memorizing a poem. <laughs> well, the name of it is say is four feet. I hear poetry with two feet on earth and two feet in spirit. Ushairi is poetry, which is my middle name, and Alkibulon is indigenous to Africa. So, okay, my right. that's me. Right. Deep, the deep one, the deep one. Now. <laughs> I know you, you know, like I said, we go back a long way and uh, know, uh, know about, you know, your poetry CDs that you dropped from years back. Of course, we toured together on Soul Vibe Poetry Collective. Yeah. Um, which is all, which I missed all y'all tremendously, which we can get back on that truthfully. Um, and um, all the performances, what I would, what, what I want to know is what would be one of your, or the top memorable moment in your artistic career? It would be when I opened in at the at the in St. Louis at the pageant for Will Downing. Those who you, know, you all since you just brought him up, those who don't know, <laughs> see, <laughs> I, I don't want to say the wrong word, but let's just say she truly loved her some Will Downing. Anybody who knows her. Uh, knows that um, and that that's probably an understatement than what I said. But Will Downey being in this picture for a long, long time. Yes, he is my muse. One hundred percent, one two hundred fifty percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about that performance, though. I mean, you said that was your that was your most memorable. Tell tell us a little bit about it. Because okay, um, I had just departed from a a manager and soon as I departed from this manager I heard got word from his management asking me would 
would I like to open for the him in St. Louis? I said, yes. So here I was without a manager. And I said, well, I've been doing it for myself long before a manager. So yeah, I would. I got four or five of my songs together off my CD. And I had the musical instrument instrumentation, so I did that. And what was uh, enjoyable about it was while I was doing the poetry um, out front, you know, people would, hey, Bo Peach, you know, it was big crowd and everything. And as soon as I went backstage, he was back there. He said, that was incredible. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it was uh, like an accomplishment mm-hmm. that because earlier in my career, I was trying to place poets in front of acts, you know, as opening acts because people were taking poetry for granted. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. And, and they were because you didn't have a lot of poets opening up for you know performers known performers Mm -hmm. and I had spoke to him about that like seven eight years earlier and he said when I get a chance I'm gonna see if we can make that happen I wasn't talking about me I was just talking about all poets in different areas but I was I did it I opened up for him and that was like it, it, it things went full circle well that's cool I mean and that's a big accomplishment anyway just to be able to open up say you open up for, for Will Downey and also you know you, you've met him on a, um, several different occasions as well is that correct yes yes but that that's was a- the first time I had ever performed you know with him as an artist on stage See, everybody don't get the opportunity to perform for or with their muse, so it's really cool <laughs> to know that that's part of your story, part of your, your journey, you know. I think that's amazing. Will Downey is awesome. Just he's actually one of my favorite singers uh, as well. Just not like not like your favorite, but he falls into one of my favorite male vocalists. You're you know, upper so. category. Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a voice that is unique and like butter there you go and there you have <laughs> right there will downey but you know you still got your will downey club um that uh, you, you ladies that you run with you mean the wolf pack yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes i still um i still uh keep in touch with my wolf pack sisters all right cool that's so dope <laughs> so um yeah so I got a couple more questions here now. Um, like, who are you inspired by, or like, what motivates you to write? Uh, life, basically, just you know, life as I see it. I can't write it as it's told to me, or as it's it's uh, explained by somebody else. But I have to internalize it and then bring it out because that makes it my poetry and right now the world is in chaos and um you know i am uh, i'm a revolutionary so my revolutionary eye 
is is ingesting, regurgitating, and spitting up what's happening in the world. Um, you know, people are dying. Our mm-hmm. African people are dying, people of color. And not just because of illness, uh, car accidents, they're being murdered. We're being murdered on every turn, every 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 day. Somebody, one of our people is being murdered. Somebody in the African family. And I say African because we are the most dispersed people in the world and we have been dispersed around the world. So everybody with melanin has some type of African heritage. So yeah, everywhere. Um, the same conditions that we are in 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 the North County, North City of St. Louis is the same conditions in somebody else's South City or South County. It is in the world. Everywhere African people live, it is a poor area. And that is by design. So these are the truths that I am starting to um, find it easier and easier to write about speak about um and it's not only what I've heard but it is science the science of humanity has placed African people in these um downtrodden positions to put us in poverty to stay so the control which is power can stay out of our hands and this is the one thing we need to take back is black power because black power is what matters now speaking of uh you know your revolutionary status and black power and things of that nature tell us a little bit about the organization that you are uh, connected that you are a member of and and part of the part of the mission i guess of that organization okay um i'm gonna tell you uh it started with marcus garvey uh, in, uh, Kwame Nkrumah Nkrumah not Nkrumah Nkrumah um, the Black Panthers uh, Marcus uh, Malcolm X Martin Luther King they had a one united dream to empower people of color black people and this organization that I'm in is called the African People's Socialist Party, which is uh, under the um, umbrella of the Uhuru movement. Uhuru, Uhuru is Swahili for freedom. And freedom is the main thing that all people of color should be looking forward to and working towards because without that freedom, we will continue to die daily. It's called the African People's Socialist Party. One of the organizations under under the umbrella is called International People Democratic Uhuru Movement, which is called NPDUM. NPDUM's mission is to bring the African working class into political life 
regardless to what level they're on, whether they're the, the pusher on the street, the woman that is selling her body to the CEO and the own, the own business owner, wherever they are, and they don't have any political education, that is what NPDOM is to do, is to bring the African people into political life. Once they're into political life, they'll learn different um, political education. And this is not just education somebody just dreamed of. This is education on a scientific point of uh, point of view with written um, documentation from other um, scholars mm. that's been brought together. And it puts together the mapping of the African community from Africa all the way up to now. It gives you an idea of why, why, why we're in such poor conditions, why we're stacked on top of each other, why we struggle every day just to feed, clothes, and home our families, why we were uh, thrown into the barrel like crabs where everybody have to crawl on top of each other to get out. Now, you, we're in barrels, but who put us there? Why we were put there and why the conditions can never be changed unless uh, we unite and make it happen. And you now, can... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I wanted to... I want to get into your... Um, to, to this next question here because we're running short on time now. Okay. Um, but... I want also. I hope that you know. You know definitely hope your organization can check out the podcast and see see you representing to the fullest on the uh, on the podcast. So make sure you let them know. And um, now this next question that we have, we really we give this question to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're an artist or not, but it's just a more of a fun question, you know, to to kind of take people into a. a, a you know, a real peaceful state of mind. So the question is basically, if you had a band and you, you're the head person of the band and you have the opportunity to pick any celebrity of your picking, whether they're dead or alive, to be in this band, who would you select for this band? Now, remember, you're the head person, so, you know, you can't sit back and watch them. You actually <laughs> perform it. Uh, who will be the people helping you out? Okay. Uh, oh my goodness I would pick my cousin Billy Gales he was on drums I would pick a guy named Tony Gentry out of Memphis to be lead guitar, lead guitar. I would get my cousin Larry Warren on bass guitar I would get uh, Charlie Brown in St. Louis as a piano player I would get Gary Sykes as the drummer or either, well, it would be Gary Sykes. I'd get two drummers. Gary Sykes as one drummer and, uh, um, oh my God, my God brother. He gonna kill me. Um, I'm so sorry. I can't even think of his name right now. Okay, but that I had two drummers. <laughs> okay, okay. And uh, who else would that be? I don't think I would do horns. Any vocalists at all? Vocalists. I would get, first of all, Will Downing. Mm -hmm, of course. I would have um, 
Charlie Brown's wife, Gypsy Brown. Mm-hmm. And the other, I get another lady. She, uh, she's a Gemini. She's a jazz singer. She's in St. Louis. Um, I can't think of her name right now either. Which is, um, I just texted the other day. Anyway, is, is old school? Uh, is old school a new, um, a younger she's lady? New. She's new. She's around us. She, um, she's the jazz. Uh, she's okay. jazz singer, local. Okay. Okay. Well, you got you got to hook me up with that name later so I can you know do my research. Right. 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 Um, she used to sing with Montel um, Coleman. Montez Coleman. Okay. Uh, okay. She's a teacher now. But okay, yeah. But that would be my band. Okay, okay. That would be my band. Sound like you put a little thought into that. Got, got your, your cousins and all your family playing background with you. And yeah. Will's chilling over there singing, getting his thing off. <laughs> um, see, live and de- living and deceased. Living and that, dead. So that's right, that's right. Yeah. Now, now, um, how can somebody, if somebody's trying to follow you and, and trying to see what's going on with you online, social media, or website, what information um, would you give to that individual? I would say you can find me at Deborah F O F E E T Warren W A R R E N at Facebook.com. Until I can change it into my new name, my complete name, Fofi Ushairi Al Kibulan. That's gonna be your website. <laughs> Not my website. No, I don't have. I don't have a website right now. <laughs> I was gonna say nobody gonna remember that for. Gonna, how, you, <laughs> how you gonna log on to that web page? Well, you know what? If you check, <laughs> if you search Fofi F O L E E T, you will come up with Deborah Fofi Warren. Okay, and that will take people to just social. Are you are you on um, Instagram as well? No, I'm a little dated for Instagram. Maybe my son and my daughter-in-law can hook me up to Instagram, and uh, I don't think I want to tweet, but <laughs> at least Instagram. You need time to tweet for real. You can't, you know, you got if you're on Twitter and you don't really have time, it's really kind of just a disservice for. Okay, well I because you need time to do that, yeah. I need to find my way to Instagram. I would recommend Instagram seriously, but the reason, one reason I'll, I'll say that because it, it's it's no cap on it. It's, no, it's you know like when you're on Facebook, Facebook once you get to five thousand friends, unless you have a fan page, you know it caps and you can't have any more friends basically. And then like on Instagram, it's just open. It's unlimited. You know, you just do okay. whoever's following you cool. And I mean, you know, it's it actually it's not real hard to navigate or to work either. So you're gonna get your people on it so they can follow you um, on there too, you know. Um, okay. Yeah. So hey, well, I appreciate you taking the time to actually, you know, interview with us today. It's a pleasure having you on our show. And you know, your family and your mama poetry, we appreciate all of your energy. And make sure you tell everybody so they can check you out here on the Exchange Podcast, okay? Okay, you send me the link and I'll definitely get it out. 
Definitely do that. All right, y'all. Well, we've had Fofi on our show today. Make sure you all check us out. You know, we usually release on Friday. So you all make sure you have fun. Be kind. Be respectful. Learn something amazing. I'm your host, Floyd Boykin Jr. And catch you next time. Peace. Peace.